0: Bankless Nation, it is the second week of May. Oh my God, David, what oh God. a week it has been. I didn't even get to what this is. This is the roll-up that you're listening to, right. okay? What do we do on the show, David? Uh, we recap the news in crypto,
1: which, Ryan, I say is always an ambitious endeavor. <laughs>
0: well, I don't know if we're going to make it this week. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> oh my God, dude, this is, this is the craziest week I've ever been in crypto. By like far. I could say that. And there, By there far. have been many crazy weeks, but we just watched a, how, how big was Luna at the outset of this? It co- combined M- about $50, cap. $50 billion combined we market just, cap. Yeah. In just like three days time, four days. days time. I don't know. It felt like a year, but it was actually mm. like three days time. We watched that $50 billion thing go from 50 to 50. To zero zero yeah you Literally. know how we talk
1: about uh crypto speed running the history of money and finance well we just span ra-
0: sp- speed ran the weimar republic hyperinflation yeah. <laughs> event that's <laughs> oh, what we just God. did <laughs> i mean yeah and it's crazy and look guys we're gonna get into uh into all of that and of course a lot of people lost a lot of money which is no no laughing matter uh and we do have sympathy for the folks that lost money i think this is definitely a time to reflect in the crypto ecosystem so uh, and we've said before, it's not about gloating, it's about reflecting on what's happened and learning. And so we actually did an entire episode on this, David, that we, that we put on the podcast. So we're, right. we're just going to do the tease in today's episode. We're going to talk about the crash of the Luna ecosystem. But if you want more, go uh, go tap into that episode that we just released yesterday.
1: Yeah, uh, we're going to go and try and do the Luna thing in under 10 minutes, but the episode itself is 50 50 minutes for the full deep dive into the whole entire ecosystem. There is a little bit extra information that has happened in the last 24 hours that we will cover. But in addition to all of that stuff, there's also Coinbase bankruptcy fears, question mark. Should you be concerned? Uh, TLDR, the answer is no, at least in my opinion, but we'll cover as to why people have those fears. Uh, Also, Ryan, this is the same week that the Bankless YouTube got banned. I don't know if you remember that. It seems that. Yeah. It seems like it happened forever ago. Uh, and then, of course, Instagram adding NFTs. Uh, and so, you know, some bad news, some also some very good news. Um, and then, of course, some funds blowing up, which is kind of how you kind of know that we're close to the bottom is when funds start blowing up. Um, that is the, that's what we're going to talk about amongst you know the other things. The, the
0: Instagram thing alone, that would have been the headline this week. And right. that happened on Monday and it got completely overshadowed. OK, so Instagram many adding NFTs. How yeah. big is that? Facebook, 2.9 billion people in in the meta Facebook, Instagram, social network. They just added NFTs. It's absolutely gigantic, but it all got overshadowed. Of course, we'll get to all of these things. Before we get there, wanna talk a little bit about Opolis. These guys are awesome, okay? So Opolis provides health insurance, payroll, benefits, everything you need to be a self-sovereign employee. That means you can work for a DAO. know how David and I are always saying in these roll-ups, hey, go quit your corporate job. It's probably boring. Come join us in crypto. We talk about the job opportunities. This is a tool for how you do that because your big question if you're quitting your job is, okay, what about health insurance? At least if you live in the U.S., that is like one of the top three questions. OpLis solves that problem. David, what do they get if they become an Opalist member by the end of May? I think it's May 25th. Is May that 25th. Date?
1: Yeah, you get you get tokens, and we all like tokens, right? Opalist, they have their own native token, and that is a reward for signing up and being a part of the Opalist DAO. You get 1,000 work tokens, plus you also get 1,000 bank tokens because a lot of Bankless DAO members are also opolis customers, so there's a partnership there. 1,000 work tokens, 1,000 bank tokens when you sign up with Opolis by May 25th. There is a link in the show notes, banklesscc bankless.cc.opalist
0: with a capital O at the start uh, to get your tokens. Amazing. All right, David, let's get into markets. Um, man, what a bearish oh, week this was. <laughs> yeah, in, in addition to all the other stuff. <laughs> I, you know, uh, the reason I'm laughing is because we've been through this before and mm. I'm not worried long-term at all about crypto, but what is the short-term Bitcoin price telling us on the seven day, David? Uh, the Bitcoin started the week at $39,000 uh,
1: and it bottomed yesterday, last night at $26,000. Wow, below 26? That yeah. yeah, 39 to 26. It down 36% down to the very bottom on the week. Uh, it's recovered since then. We are currently at 29400 at the time of recording. Uh, down 27% on the week, but yeah, the bottom, the bottom on
0: the week was down 36% in a single week. Do you know when we get in the twenties, like, do, do you remember the top in like 2017, David Bitcoin well, yeah, top. 20, 20,000? 20, yeah. 19. Oh yeah. 9. That's yeah. What and, and mm. it briefly flashed up to 20,000. That was like yeah. a miracle. We're getting close to that. Yeah, we're getting crazy. close to the, like the all time high top that. the last, uh, bear bull cycle. Mm-hmm. Incredible.
1: Overall, Bitcoin from the top of the, the more recent top of I think like 69,000, nice, uh, 62%. We're down 62% from the very, from the very, very peak to Yikes. the very bottom.
0: How about ETH? Is that telling uh, a different story? Similar story, yeah. Okay.
1: Started the week at $2,900. Bottomed last night at $1,700. Uh, that was Wednesday night. Uh, we always record these Thursday morning. Uh, so uh, down 31% on the week. At the bottom last night, it was down 42%. Uh, currently clocking in at just uh, almost
0: $2,000. Down 65% from the top, Ryan. 65%. And what was our, what was our top in the 2017-2018 cycle? What uh, number was fourth, that, David? I know 14, it's written 40. in your heart. 1440. 1440. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're getting close, right? Getting when you get to the 1,000 to 2,000 range, you're starting to get close. Nowhere near the bottom of that cycle, which is like $80 each. We're, we're not going to $80. <laughs> We're not going to $80. If anyone think that
1: they are buying $80 ETH, you are absolutely
0: delusional. I think it's hard to imagine a world where we get to triple-digit ETH. Yes, but I would agree. the 1,000 range, we could range here for a while. Yeah. I don't know. Look, triple-digit ETH could happen. Who knows? Anything can happen in crypto. That would... <laughs> That would really surprise me, but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see what happens. How about the ratio? I wonder what story that's telling us. (laughs) Ratio was holding up really,
1: really good, except for yesterday. It plummeted at 0.075 down to 0.068. Uh, so took a, a steep nose dive, which is a uh, uh, very unfortunate. Because I actually took a long ratio position literally <laughs> yesterday. I'm
0: sorry, man. Oh, well. Four went out for David. Yeah, four went out for me. <laughs> There's a lot of oh. people who <laughs> who need some support on the, in the markets this week. So yeah, if you let, don't laugh, you'll cry.
1: Let, let, yeah, let it be known that uh, uh, while we're all smiles and, and and joking here, like oh yeah, no, like uh, we're down big too. Uh, oh just yeah, like this you is guys. the mask.
0: There's just tears inside, guys. We've just
1: the, the difference. As between us and a lot of others other people is like we've done we've been here before yeah. like I was serious and sad last last cycle same, um, same. And, and so like you know this time I, I, I mean I know how to take it on the chin people um, are gonna be like watching this and be like oh you guys
0: sounded so giddy what yeah, like why what? what's wrong you guys with short you? ETH? what did you do yeah. was like I would never short ETH. Blasphemy. Okay, but we're down bad, just like you. All right, mm-hmm. guys, it's just, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And yeah. uh, this is a temporary thing. So uh, yeah. now when I say temporary, we don't know how long the temporary <laughs> could be. It could be months. I mean, we've gone through years before too. What about the total global crypto market cap, David? Yeah, uh, I, I didn't look at the numbers for the
1: last week, but it's bad. Uh, overall. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I did. The, oh my God. I thought that was the top from the top. Last week we no. started, we started last week at 1.9 yeah, trillion. We just, we are down to $1.3 trillion. We lost $600 billion in ah, total market cap. Yeah. $600 billion of wealth destroyed. So that's like individual wealth, fund wealth, like, uh, like uh, all the wealth, all the crypto wealth, $600 I billion, mean, you dollars, gone. You could round that
0: up to close-ish to a trillion. I mean, it's not a trillion. It's, it's like a trillion billion. over the last like,
1: month or so. A trillion dollars <sighs> of capital destroyed. Yeah, down 32%. Day. The total crypto market cap down
0: 32% this week. <laughs> Yikes, that is painful. Uh, All right, speaking of pain, let's get to the Fed Watch, because I mean, I think some people are blaming macro conditions in the Fed for some of these events, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Fed just released uh, inflation numbers. Actually, not Not the Fed. (laughs) This is the Consumer Price Index. It's all tied together because the Fed is obviously watching these numbers. The Fed consumes
1: these numbers. Yeah, they
0: do. They consume. They set monetary policy at least partially based on them. The March CPI, Consumer Price Index, was 8.5 percent year over year. The April, that was just last month, was 8.3 percent. So slight down, but also over what was expected. Yeah, Uh, well, slight down from March. Uh, so March was 8.5% and April's 8.3%. So slight down, but above what was expected, what was expected was 8.1%. So I don't know what the market did with that. I guess just more coughing up blood. Um, yeah, yeah, wasn't super favorable. The the take from Ralph Paul, which I think makes a, a ton
1: of sense is that like the, the, uh, Crypto markets, the equity markets, all markets are just down, like down, down, down. Uh, Tech stocks are wrecked. And this is largely where a lot of inflation came from in the first place is assets going up. And then a lot of people just start buying stuff because they're rich. All those people are no longer buying stuff because they lost all the money. Uh, And so the demand is killed. Uh, But the thing is, like Raoul Paul thinks, Raoul Paul thinks is that, Demand is already dead, but it's gonna take a while for that to show up in the CPI numbers. It's lagging. Uh, it's a lagging, lagging indicator, indicator. Uh, and so like he thinks that like the, there's already the case for the Fed to stop being like stop punching the crap out of the market and start to being a little looser. But it's going to take a while for those numbers to actually show up in CPI. Uh, meanwhile, they keep on uh, they they keep on punching the market, right? And so uh, this is like this is like a remember that that World War One movie in like 1917 or something where like they yeah. already the war was already over, but they hadn't heard about it yet, and so this guy had to go to the generals to say, "Hey, don't invade. The war's over." But like, yeah. So this is like that. Like the it's over, but like news has to like
0: proliferate to the
1: Fed first. It is a take. Is a take.
0: That would be a hopeful prediction. And the reason we know that's Raul Paul's take is because we spent ninety minutes with him earlier this week. Mm -hmm. That episode is going to release on Monday. It's It's entitled Premium Subscribers. Yes, it is. If you're a premium subscriber, if you're not, you should go get it because you can download Mm -hmm. it now. But that episode is entitled "Should We Be Scared." And uh, Raul Paul goes through maybe some reasons we should be scared across the market, but also how this market's gonna turn around. And the TLDR, as David said, is he actually thinks the high CPI has already been painted, and Mm -hmm. we're now going to be lower from here. Then he anticipates the bonds will start turning around. Then he anticipates the Fed will start kicking the crap out of the market, and the pain will stop. And ultimately, this was a really interesting prediction, everyone's going to get another stimulus yeah. He thinks that. He thinks yeah. the world governments are going to actually inject cash back into their respective economies through like direct deposits and this sort of thing. So, anyway, stay tuned for that episode. It is uh, here if you're a premium subscriber. If not, that's coming out on Monday. Uh, David, what does this mean for alternative layer ones?
1: Oof. Well, I mean, they're all kind of down bad. They're down bad the most. Just like you know, first first cycle things always get hit the hardest. Ryan. So the, the all the alt layer ones are down way worse than the rest of the market. Uh, for example, let's start with uh, Cardano uh, down 65%, down 84% all-time high. Uh, down, Solana down 81% from all-time high. Polkadot down 83% from all-time high. Avalanche down 78% from all-time high. We don't even have Luna on this thing because Luna is I literally do down 100%. It's right have, here, I David. Have, there are plenty of zombie chains out there, like EOS, for example. EOS is only down 95% from all-time high. We, we have never seen something go down at 99
0: i have never seen a top I, luna was a top 10 crypto asset right, right? bigly yeah it was and like this six or seven. all happened in a week last week yeah yeah we'll, Unbelievable. we'll talk about that yeah. what yeah. does this chart look like this is just like chart gore oh it's a straight line down oh my god it's a straight line down look at it yeah yeah
1: it's like a, it's looking at a train wreck you can't look away. In stark contrast, not not that stark, but, you know, decently, Bitcoin is down 56%, Ethereum, Ether down 58%. Uh, th- uh, this is uh, a lot, for a lot of reasons. Again, newer stuff gets hit harder. Uh, but also, like, the the newer holders are also, they just get scared more, right? Like, Bitcoin and Ether, they have holders that have gone through a bear market. Uh, and so this is mostly to be expected. All, like, there's always a flight to safety in bear markets. So things at the bottom of the crypto market cap, like, list work their way up towards the top. Um, and and it's actually nice, it's interesting to see Ether not down much worse than Bitcoin uh, last year or last cycle. I mean, it was down way more than Bitcoin just because it was the first cycle. Um, so yeah, yeah
0: exactly. I I have a take about this too. I actually think that um, the death of of Luna this week and everything that went on really marks the end of the alternative layer one trade that has been a super super popular trade almost throughout all of twenty twenty one and lasting up until now. But I think the death of Luna sort of kills it for a lot of people because there are some underlying systemic risks in many of these alternative layer ones that haven't really been priced in or factored in. And what I think we're going to see in the next kind of narrative play is actually a return to some fundamentals. And rotators will rotate into the next narrative as well, and if the next narrative is stronger fundamentals. I don't think they're going to be uh, flying into Bitcoin so much. They're going to, of course, because that is the ultimate safety asset in crypto. At least that's perception. I think they're going to be coming to Ethereum and then later to Layer 2s. And uh, I I mean, we've made this case many times on bankless, but there are just so many catalysts coming up for for Ethereum and Layer 2s. The merge is one. Go listen to our merge episode that we dropped with Hal Press earlier this week. Incredibly bullish episode. Just supply and (laughs) uh, demand dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, security right? It's like Ethereum security is super tried and tested. What we saw in the collapse of Luna is not just the entire economy turned into the Weimar Republic. We saw all of its military, all of its security degraded in basically a, a 24 to 48 uh, hour period of time. Now it can be attacked by like a few dollars if you have it. Right. Um, layer two tokens are coming. That's been a narrative. We've got strong staking returns. So it's really going to be the market the rotators are going to choose, well, should I rotate? They'll, they'll rotate, of course, into fiat for a while, into right. U.S. dollars. But then they'll come back and they'll say, okay, what's going what's gonna, to you know, return fastest in crypto? Is it going to be Ether or Bitcoin? And I would put my money on Ether because it has DeFi, it has NFTs, and it has just killer economics coming up, especially post-merge.
1: Yeah, and also let's take a moment to reflect on the state of the Alt layer ones right now. Like uh, Luna uh, did the first thing of, of the crypto market ever and went down uh, basically a hundred percent because of the hyperinflation of the Luna token because of the Algo stable coin. Solana went down for seven hours again for like the sixth or seventh time. I don't even know. Not even down know. in price, you mean an outage. An outage, the blockchain went out, right? And and, and so like now there's the joke of like Solana only open for business hours. Uh, the Avalanche C chain is going up this the gas fees are going up, which is like their big claim to innovation. Is that like Avalanche is the low low fee chain, but it's not. And they also are doing their scaling via like subnets, but that's really just like off brand sharding with fractured security, so that's not going to work. Terra, Terra uh, we already talked about Terra. Phantom also blew up as soon as Entrez just left. So that that uh, ecosystem's down bigly. And so like all, almost all of the predictions that the Ethereum camp mm-hmm. made about the compromises that these alt layer ones uh, have made have started to come true in the last like three months. You
0: know, I'll add another one to the pile, which Near, which is interesting some interesting tech there, of course, too, but uh, they were going in the direction of just kind of copying Terra oh, yeah, and launching yeah. an Algo They were gonna copy stablecoin. the Algo stablecoin. That's yeah. probably a bad idea. Yeah. Like, it's like <laughs> I wrong don't think timing, do that Jonah anymore. Hill, like, ugh, not <laughs> right. right now. I mean, There's Tron's a reason why
1: Ethereum has made the choices that it's made.
0: Yes, and we're not saying alternative layer ones will never come back. I'm sure they'll have another season, another narrative, but I do think that this week is going to change the narrative. And of mm-hmm. course, David and I, We play narratives a little bit, but not too much. We're more interested in the fundamentals, but I think that's it. The new narrative is fundamentals, at least for some period of time. It always Uh, is
1: in the bear market. And while we go into like the layer two season, we're going into layer two season during a bear market. So I don't really think like it's going to be hard for the layer two season to like completely change the market. I don't really think that's going to happen. Yes. But what is going to happen, Ryan, is Layer 2 season is going to be a builder's bull market, as in stuff is going to be built and it's not going to be reflected in price. And that is your opportunity, listener. Uh, This is uh, uh, the opportunity to take the bull by the horns during the bear market is so strong (laughs) if you just pay attention to fundamentals. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I don't want to go over predictor here, but I actually think while we're in a bear market, obviously confirmed by the price action. Mm. I don't think this one is going to be as prolonged, David. No mm. way to know that, no way to tell. Mm. I feel like this is the sort of thing that's going to be, it's gonna take your breath away. It's like, you know, going on a roller coaster, right? You're just going down that big dip. It's gonna take your breath away. It's gonna be sharp, it's going to be severe, but it's also going to be fast, at least right. a lot faster than previous bear cycles. Yeah, Again, that's, right. that's just kind of a feeling based on where uh, w- what I'm seeing in the market. But um, this does not feel like a multi-year-long winter that we're, that, that lies ahead for us. But the, the chances we'll that the see.
1: bottom is already in, and I would say, is pretty significant.
0: There you go. I yes, we'll see. I th- I think we could go further down, but it just won't be as long. Is probably yeah. my take. But let's oh, let's I talk hope about it's as, uh, long as possible. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, the last time it got a little long, David. I it was, was like, yeah. The, the, uh, during sure? the COVID dump, are we deaths, right? I
1: was like, God damn, we're gonna do this another <laughs> yes. for another
0: year. Yes. uh Let's talk about Coin Coinbase. Also, bear markets. Yeah. So, what did they do? They just released their earnings report. They are down down bad. from 1.1 billion in Q1 2021 to 20 million. <laughs> 1.1 billion to 20 million. So that's a steep drop. I think the TLDR is some big hiring, there's some bear market impact. Right. Um, but what's crazy about this, David, is the PE ratio of Coinbase. You know what that is right now? Tell me. 4.6. Oh god. That's
1: okay. lower the than average, Ether. Isn't that lower than a- Ether yeah, right now?
0: It's really low, okay? It depends how you measure PE for Ether, but like the average for the S&P is about 20 right now. Wow. It is 4.6. Wow. Dude,
1: things are so oversold. The coin price is at like, I don't know, it was like something like $90 or $80 went big down bigly after after earnings. It's been going down ever since it listed at like $400
0: something. It's so cheap. Coinbase it's is like $14 billion right now. $14 billion market cap right now. Uh, it's absolutely blowing my mind as well. Now they did do a lot of hiring. Buy I don't know how efficient that was, but um, I mean, that PE ratio is just like crazy to me. Uh, so maybe we're in oversold territory. Uh, guys we got a lot to cover. What are we going to cover next? Right uh, after we're, we're going to
1: speed run the UST debacle, the USD demise, terror demise. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the, the Instagram NFTs. We're going to talk about how Bankless got canceled. But well, we're back uh, because you're watching this on the YouTube or you're listening on the podcast.
0: Uh, and then there's just a bunch of other stuff too. So much more to cover, guys. We'll be right back. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible.
1: If you're trying to grow and preserve your crypto wealth, optimizing your taxes is just as lucrative as trying to find the next hidden gem. Alto IRA can help you invest in crypto in tax-advantaged ways to help you preserve your hard-earned money. Just go to altoira.com slash bankless. That's A-L-T-O-I-R-A dot com slash bankless and start investing in crypto today. The Brave browser is the user first browser for the Web3 internet with over 50 million monthly active users. Control your digital footprint with built-in privacy and ad blocking. Inside the Brave browser, you'll find the Brave Wallet, the first secure crypto wallet built natively inside of a Web3 crypto browser. Web3 is freedom from big tech and Wall Street, more control and better privacy. But there's a weak point in Web3, your crypto wallet. The Brave Wallet is different. Brave Wallet is built natively inside the Brave browser, no extension required, which gives the Brave Wallet an extra level of security versus other wallets. With the Brave Wallet, you can buy, store, send, and swap your crypto assets, and you can even manage your NFTs and connect to other wallets and DeFi apps, all from the security of the best privacy browser on the market. Whether you're new to crypto or a seasoned pro, it's time to switch to the Brave wallet. Download Brave at brave.com bankless and click the wallet icon to get started. Completely open source, decentralized, and governed by its community, enabling a truly bankless future for us all. To get your first crypto collateralized loan, get started at Aave.com. That's A-A-B-E.com. And also check out the Ave Protocol Governance Forums to see what more than a hundred thousand DAO members are all robbing about at governance.ave.com. All right,
0: guys, we're back. We gotta start here. UST Luna Terra, the biggest collapse in crypto history. David, what are we looking at in this chart?
1: Yeah, this is the the UST chart for its trading for tethers. Uh, you can see it start to wobble on the eighth of May, uh, but it picked itself back up again. But halfway through the 9th of May, it dropped down to seventy-five cents, recovered up to ninety cents, uh, but then shortly thereafter, it dropped all the way down to thirty cents uh, to where we are today at forty-six cents. I'm pretty sure we are actually lower at this current moment. But this is this is the UST stablecoin out of the Terra ecosystem, losing its peg bigly, going down bigly. Uh, and you might be asking, why are why is it not down to zero if the whole thing is collapsed? Well, that's because Luna collapsed on its behalf. Uh, Luna is minted in order to redeem a UST. So you can, uh, in order to get one dollar worth of. Uh, If you have one one UST, you can get $1 worth of Luna because it will mint the Luna to make you whole. Then you can go to the secondary market and sell all your Luna to get your dollar back. So Luna has been hyperinflating and it went from where during this whole thing, it started about $85. It is now currently below a single penny, .007 cents uh, because it just hyperinflated because the peg became unsustainable. Uh, The peg got attacked by an attacker who was very well capitalized. That attacker made out with almost a billion dollars, causing a bunch of fear. So people tried to exit. There wasn't enough liquidity for everyone to exit, causing this hyperinflation event. Uh, So Terra, for the first ever token to actually go to zero
0: in the crypto ecosystem. Look at this, David. So all of these gains were basically within the last year or so, 2021. Mm -hmm. So people bought here. They bought around, I don't know, 30 cents or so back in the beginning of 2021. Uh, And then they just experienced an over 120x gain a massive mm-hmm. gain thousands of percent yes thousands of percent uh and then uh they lost it all in a single week yep. that's what happened i've never seen never a chart seen like before. this
1: yeah uh i mean the only other chart that we've seen do this is Bitconnect, but that was a verified ponzi scheme that everyone knew was a ponzi scheme uh and so like that went to zero uh, but that was in 2018, and that was uh, at a $3.5 billion valuation. And I, I layered these two charts on top of each other and controlled it for time. Uh, Bitcoin X went from $3.5 billion market cap down to zero. Luna was over $40 billion at the peak. Uh, so like the by far the craziest destruction of capital event in crypto history, not even
0: close. Yeah, incredible. Guys, uh, we went through the full story of all of this. If you're looking for all of the details, we just did a 40-minute episode on it, and we just launched that on Wednesday. So go check you, YouTube, go download that on the podcast if you want to hear the full story. But what David and I are doing is giving you the latest update and doing the the quick summary right here. And uh, I understand one thing that's happened since we recorded that episode is the, the Terra blockchain is also been halted is that yeah. the case yeah that happened
1: actually in the last five minutes or last five or ten minutes uh because of the the uh luna token is so cheap it's so cheap that people could just buy it up and start to become validators on the blockchain and then basically 51% the blockchain to death so they just said like yo this thing is dead it's over we're stopping the blockchain uh and letting whatever assets that uh are remain on the the blockchain to be redeemed there are tokens on there the tokens are also down bad Um, But yeah, this this is the first, I've never seen a blockchain actually get stopped, Ryan. This is, not only have I never seen something go to zero, I've never seen people actually turn off a blockchain.
0: It's usually a meme, like the the asset's going to go to zero or it's going to kill the blockchain. In this time, it actually killed the blockchain. The asset actually did go to zero. Um, Pretty incredible. Um, A lot of people were affected by this. Let's Mm -hmm. keep that in mind, of course. And again, as we said earlier in the episode, it's like, even if you were right about Terra, Uh, This is an opportunity to reflect and not gloat. Uh, But these are a lot of tweets of well-known people, well-known investors in the crypto space who lost their net worth almost entirely. This is the co-founder of Real Vision, uh, Remy, talking. This is a a founder of Delphi uh, Delphi talking, Mm -hmm. Delphi Labs. Um, Do you want to read some of these tweets? Uh, yeah, Jose, who's the one that we actually had on
1: the podcast to talk about the bull, he was the, the Terra bull. Uh, and on the podcast, he talked about how he was just extremely bullish on Terra. And he goes, brutal, like many others, I lost most of my net worth here. My heart goes out to all the other lunatics uh, who are hurting, many much worse than me. If you are feeling down, please get off crypto Twitter and spend some time with family and people you love. My DMs are open too. Uh, we'll do a longer tweet next week once I've had some time to reflect and collect my thoughts. Um yeah, this is a common story throughout the Luna ecosystem. Obviously, there were many, many people who were bullish on the algo stablecoins. Uh, that that and, and sometimes when when price goes up, instead of taking money off the table, people put more money on the table. Uh, and you know, I mean, I do that too with Ether. Uh, this is this, is the, but that's my currency of choice. Uh, other people picked Terra as their currency of choice and um, just never really took money off the table, and now have sadly lost a bunch of their net worth. Um, One thing we're on the frontier, I- this is risky.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing I will say about, uh, Jose is he, he took the, the bull case, um, but he also went all in. So he wasn't mm. just saying this. And I think that's, right. um, you know, e- even though he, he got massively yeah. hit, uh, during this event, it, it is, it is commendable. Um, he wasn't just talking, he was putting his money where his mouth was. Um, but this is the, uh, the Terra Luna subreddit right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what are we seeing here? it's like a bunch of stories of people losing
1: losing their savings uh, the it's, it's just a bad place to be uh, during the the 2018 to 2019 bear market like pinning uh, the suicide hotline number on our cryptocurrency and other subreddits was a, a frequent exp- uh, thing like that happened many many times like on days like today where the whole entire market was down 30 40% uh, and like some ICOs were going down to like you know down 80 90% the suicide hotline number was a very common thing to see pinned um, a lot of people, and what's sad about this uh, is that like Terra, the UST and the and the yield wrapped around Anchor was actually put into products and made into like Neo Bank savings accounts. So like people would they would just wrap Anchor and then like solicit savings, and it was branded as a savings account. So a lot of individuals just said, "Oh, I can get like you know 15, 20% on my on my dollars." Uh, so I'll deposit into this app, uh, and then the app just put it into into Anchor in the back end. Now, a lot of retail, a lot of uh, and uniquely a lot of Western retail, in contrast to BitConnect, which was largely Eastern, a lot of Western retail uh, really was hit by this. And the reason why I differentiate that is because it's it's kind of when rest Western retail people really get their get Western hurt. Western regulators. Western
0: regulators come, and, and that's when things get serious. And we're starting to see that already, as we mentioned in our episode uh, on Wednesday. This is uh, Janet Yellen um, talking to Congress, I believe, and she's talking about... He's asking for legislation by the end of this year on stablecoin, stablecoin legislation. Um, The SEC, this is a report that the SEC, they've already been suing Terraform Labs. uh, And one former SEC uh, lawyer is saying that they have every reason to continue to sue Terraform and and Terra for Uh, USD. uh, Yeah, certainly. uh, yeah, I mean, the SEC
1: served Do Kwan uh, at Mainnet, Missouri Mainnet last year. Uh, actually, unrelated. It was at his Mirror pro, uh, Mirror uh, platform. Yes. Um, but you can you can only imagine that they want to go after Do Kwan now. They're, uh, they're already Do, there. Do Kwan will never be coming back to the United
0: States. Uh, a lot of funds were hurt in the process, too. I know these are, these are rumors, so we don't have stories yet, but um, like some large funds were very exposed to not only Luna and UST itself, but to the entire ecosystem. Remember, Terra is a smart contract platform. There are all sorts of different applications and builders uh, developing on it uh, before it turned Weimar Republic and just inflated away and, and totally disappeared. Uh, I don't know if we can mention any names or what we want to say about this, but Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say about the funds that were impacted by this and the capital outflow?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of very public uh, funds who who are all very publicly in the Terra ecosystem. I mean, Mike Novogratz, Ryan, has a Terra tattoo of a wolf with a moon. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) I think we can go go ahead and assume that Galaxy Digital took a big hit here. Uh, The Delphi boys, the Delphi team, uh, who are a great bunch of guys. Um, they were all very bullish on Terra. Uh, I don't think Delphi Digital was uh, exposed to Terra too much, but it was mainly Delphi Labs that had all the the uh, Terra exposure. Uh, Hashed Tribe Republic, um, some other funds are are definitely hit by this.
0: Uh, definitely hurting. I uh, one thing I, I tweeted out because you know some people were saying that even talking about the events of this week, right? In the in the way that we've been talking about it, which is like, hey, let's let's reflect. Let's learn some lessons. Let's also show empathy for those impacted, particularly retail who didn't know better. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people are saying, "Hey, don't dance on graves, don't uh, don't gloat." And no, I want to be clear that, like, maybe some people are are gloating in crypto, but uh, no one I respect is gloating about what happened. It's very unfortunate. Uh, no one, I said this, no one I respect is cheering for UST to fail. All we're saying is we showed you that this was a possibility, and by we, I mean. A lot of people in crypto, Vitalik was one of them, for instance, and many in the community dismissed it like it was maximalist FUD. So here's the thing, a mature community can handle good faith critiques. No chain is perfect. This is an opportunity to grow. I do think this is an opportunity for all of us. But when you start to interact with a community that can't handle uh, good faith critiques, Uh, then that's when your warning signals should start to go off. You know that something is wrong with this community. They're not taking risk. They're not taking criticism. uh, They're not taking issues maybe seriously enough. And I think part of that culture is why we got where we got with 50 billion in market collapse uh, basically overnight. And definitely Do Quan is to blame
1: here. He has been extremely aggressive, extremely mean, extremely toxic on Twitter. And he really created this culture in the Terra ecosystem that that was an okay thing to do. So when we had our Terra Bull vs. Bear episode, we got absolutely swarmed in the YouTube comments saying, like, we're a bunch of maxis who don't know anything, blah, 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 blah. And just, like, this was the culture that Do Quan created around his ecosystem of just, like, fudding every other project that says anything bearish about Terra. Uh, and so like, dude, Doquan do takes should to have all of the blame here. And he has been, the, the silence out of Doquan has been absolutely deafening in the last week.
0: All right, guys. So there's there's a lot more here. There's a lot more that we have unpacked. Go listen to that episode. Um, I'm going to maybe close this section with with this, David. What, what do you think the takeaways are? Uh, what did we learn from uh, from this episode?
1: Yeah, crypto is here to completely reinvent money and finance. Uh, we are going to completely eat the traditional financial system. uh, And then we're also going to make a much, much bigger financial system and to replace it with. So we can't take shortcuts along the way. This is a long-term game. uh, And when you see ecosystems taking shortcuts, delegated proof of stake, algorithmic stablecoins baked into consensus, fueling growth with unsustainable yields inside of anchor protocol, when you take shortcuts to achieve growth we threaten the whole viability of this whole entire crypto project. Uh, And especially as we have gone into this multi-chain ecosystem, the choices that other layer one blockchains impact other layer ones. There is ether on the Terra ecosystem. There is ether on the Solana ecosystem. The choices that those layer ones make will come to impact the distribution of ether and the, and the mechanics of proof of stake on the Ethereum ecosystem. We cannot have shortcuts determine the future of this whole entire financial system because the whole world will eventually become a crypto enabled world. And what that world looks like is going to be determined by the choices that we make in the early genesis of this whole entire industry.
0: Absolutely, I, I think the best mental model. I think Fiscanti said something like this. But when you're taking shortcuts like these, centralization shortcuts, algo stablecoin type shortcuts, that, you know, the, the yield type of shortcuts that Terra was taking, you're actually uh, taking returns and taking growth and mm-hmm. taking profit from the future, and you're bringing it forward in an unsustainable way. So that is not what we want to do in crypto, and that's why you know Bankless has always been about okay, let's build this thing right. No, no shortcuts. Let's do it decentralized. Let's obviously be open to all sorts of approaches, but let's make sure they're they're sustainable and they're long term. If you want to hear our full take on that, once again, click in the show notes. Go to the Crypto Meltdown episode, the biggest collapse in crypto history, where we call uh, covered all of this. Uh, David, I wish I could say this was the only stablecoin drama this week, but there was some other stablecoin drama, not nearly as significant, of course, Mm -hmm. but uh, Tether losing its $1 peg. What's that about?
1: Yeah, the the timing on this is definitely just out of fear, I would say. Um, So UST loses its peg. USDT, Tether, also starts to lose its peg. But the differences between these two things could not be more stark. Tether has money in the bank. Their redeemability window is always open, where UST... Terra has to uh, generate confidence from reflexivity which is a terrible thing to put confidence in uh, Tether USD generates confidence from actually being redeemable for actual dollars, which it always is. Um, but nonetheless, during the fears of Bitcoin dropping, Ether dropping, almost half, over half a billion dollars or half a trillion dollars of capital being wiped out, people started to have fear about Tether and other stable coins. Uh, and so Tether started to lose its peg. Uh, that peg has, I'm pretty sure, since been restored. Uh, but this just generally like added to the whole fear of the whole entire week this last week. Uh, here's Paulo Arduino, uh, CEO of, of Tether, slash Bitfinex or CTO of Bitfinex somewhere in that ecosystem. He goes, GM, reminder that Tether is honoring its USD redemptions at $1 via tether.to. $300 million have been redeemed in the last 24 hours without a sweat drop. So this is just a, a fear fear-begetting fear. Begetting fear. Uh, but there's no, I, I, unless I'm missing something and I'm pretty sure I'm not, there's absolutely no reason to be fearful of Tether. And there almost has never been any fear to really be had about Tether. Only fear mongering on the Tether ecosystem. Not saying it's a great stable coin, but it's always been redeemable.
0: Yes, it has. I, I think the thing that most in the crypto industry would would want out of Tether is uh, additional transparency, we, the sure. kind of transparency we'd see at USDC. And, of course, it's not decentralized either, so ideally we want something much be. more decentralized, but it doesn't, it doesn't pretend, pretend to be at the same time. Uh, definitely not going to suffer the same fate as uh, Luna, almost impossible for it to do so. Yeah.
1: Uh, but that is not where the fear ended, Ryan. People, uh, there was a report coming out of Coinbase, a, a, a report with the SEC, I believe, uh, that uh, drew concerns about what would happen to user deposits uh, d- if in the event that Coinbase might go bankrupt. And this uh, became relevant because, again, the coin price is down bigly, earnings is down. Uh, and so people are, and, and then also on top of that, this report came out that said that when you deposit your crypto into Coinbase, you are not depositing it. You are are crediting crediting Coinbase. You are a creditor to Coinbase. And in the event of Coinbase bankruptcy, you would not be guaranteed to get your funds back. You would be in line during bankruptcy court saying, hey, here's what Coinbase owes me because I deposited one Bitcoin, whatever Ether, and so I would like to get that back. But you would have to go to court to get that back according to this documentation. So this also caused fear that people might not be able to get their money back in the event of Coinbase going bankruptcy. First and foremost, there is No reason why Coinbase is going bankrupt. That is just like in the event of Coinbase going bankrupt, not that this is happening. Coinbase is not anywhere close to bankruptcy. They have plenty of funding. They have plenty of money. So that is not a concern at all. This is in the event that Coinbase does indeed go bankrupt. Would I get my money back? Uh, And so to address these concerns, Brian Armstrong put out a tweet thread uh, that read and, and gave out some of these answers. And he goes while there while we have no risk of bank, bankruptcy however we have included a new risk factor based on an SEC requirement called SAB 121 which uh, is a newly required disclosure for public companies that hold crypto assets for third parties for our retail customers we are taking further steps to update our user terms such so that we offer the same protections to these customers in a black swan event should we have the we should have had these in place previously so let me apologize for that the disclosure makes sense that in these legal protections have not been tested in court for crypto assets specific and it is possible, however unlikely, that a court would decide to consider customer assets as part of the company in bankruptcy proceedings. And so this is just because... A crypto centralized exchange that takes user deposits has never gone bankrupt before. And since crypto aren't, they are not securities, users, and because of that, there's this legal gray area. So this is a regulatory concern, as in we are, this is unprecedented. We've never seen this before. Therefore, we've never had legislation before. So this is actually not a call to action for Coinbase. This is a call to action for more legal clarity, as there almost always is.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the takeaway. I think the the question of is Coinbase going uh, bankrupt or is Coinbase going to take all of its user funds in the event of bankruptcy, it's kind of much ado about nothing, really. Yes. This was, as you said, it wasn't a report by the SEC. This was an SEC filing that Coinbase had to make. They, they registered it with the SEC. And uh, it's just kind of some legal language near the bottom that I think people took. They hadn't seen it before and they ran with it and they extrapolated it in, in weird ways. I can't imagine any court system uh, would not decide to refund customers in the event of bankruptcy. And Coinbase is so far from bankruptcy, it's not even a thing to worry about. So right. much ado right. about nothing. Uh, you know, sometimes. But, but, you f- yes, but we still want more investor protections and investor
1: confidence, and that is up to the regulatory agencies.
0: Yes, much more legal clarity in cryptos is needed, that's for sure. Um, how about this, David? We were banned last Sunday. So Dude, I'm glad I completely we completely forgot. <laughs> Bankless was banned from YouTube. Okay. This happened on Sunday. It was Mother's Day. In fact, I think I was in bed. I woke up to text that morning on Sunday morning, David, and I think it was a text from uh, Luke. who's our editor, a text from you. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. turned into Discord and I saw this screenshot. <laughs> it's from <laughs> Ben on our team. He <laughs> was taking a screenshot of someone on Twitter who said, mm-hmm. WTF just happened to Bankless Headquarters mm-hmm. because our YouTube was got banned, rugged. blocked, rugged. rugged. We got letters. We got email from YouTube saying you have been deactivated. Uh, oh, we did
1: get an email. I, I you there got was an the email? email
0: to my yeah my personal email account, and it That's said. Used face- to me. It said something, it, it's not like it's helpful. It just says, like, you broke our terms of service, see you later. <laughs> you know, bye. <laughs> I'm like, look, what did we do? Oh no, what did David do now? Did he upload something inappropriate? <laughs> but no, it's just our regular bank list stuff. So what happened here? Uh, well, that was the full story. That's as much as we knew. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, like this Another happened. Screenshot. This happens uh,
1: Saturday night, and so uh, this was a, happened at like ten or eleven p.m. Saturday night, and so we kind of had an all hands moment in the Bankless HQ uh, Discord, and we're like, all right, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Uh, and we basically stayed silent because it was the middle of the night. We know like the way forward for this is to make a bunch of noise, but we're gonna wait until Sunday morning to do that. And so uh, we we emailed some. Uh, we emailed uh, some people that we've had on the show who we know have connections to YouTube but basically we knew that it was going to come down to making a ton of noise on Twitter uh, and so Sunday morning drafted up a tweet said like yo Bankless was Bankless is banned retweet this to make sure that you want uh, to let YouTube know that we want to get Bankless YouTube back and instantiated uh, in and live again and uh, that that worked uh, <laughs> definitely the most liked tweet out of Bankless ever hit 14,000 likes inside of like uh, I don't know a couple days uh, and so thank you for everyone that helped do this. Couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't have done it without our community. Um. Uh, Especially all the people watching on the YouTube right now. This is back online because uh, we were able to make a bunch
0: of noise. What's crazy about this story is, like, once again, no reason was given. We were just Mm. completely deactivated. So we had, had, uh, you know, 150,000 subscribers on Bankless YouTube and then 10,000 hours of content, like all of our podcasts, all of our videos, all completely wiped. Now, we use YouTube for distribution, of course, so we do have backups. Of this sort of thing, but to be just completely wiped from a platform in the internet does not feel good. And lots of people say, "Well, why don't why don't you host it? Uh, you know, in IPFS and with Web three technologies and platforms." And the truth is, a lot of these platforms aren't ready yet for what we're trying to do. Right. And the, the other thing is, part of the Bankless mission is we want to reach as many people as possible, a billion people. Right. Uh, plus, we can't do that unless we have the distribution of Web two, and so we Into need Web two. In the interim, but if they're going to ban us, we will go to take our content to other platforms. Right. Certainly, it's one thing I love about our uh, our podcast, David, is we control the RSS feed in the podcast world. Right? You just publish, and an Apple picks it up, or Spotify right. picks it up. Now, Spotify is trying to be like a, a platform, a social media thing, so they're a little bit different. But it's very different in the video world. There's no like RSS feed for videos, so you have to host it on a platform. So a lot of challenges with that. I mean. The, the short story is because we got our community, because you helped us raise, make a lot of noise about this. There were tweets, people were pinging YouTube, people were talking about uh, canceling their uh, subscription, all of these things. That's why we were restored. It was because of you. Thank you. We appreciate well, it. Glad. Well
1: done. Well done. Class for you. the listener. Class for the listener. Uh,
0: Bankless Nation came through for us. Now, it's great because we have a community that can support us, and we've gotten to a size where we can get loud and we can mobilize when we need to. But there are other content producers, uh, crypto content producers. Gabriel uh, is one uh, who are also banned in this in this crypto banning incident. It's not the first time this has happened to the crypto industry either. And uh, some people don't have the ability to raise a ruckus, get on YouTube's uh, radar, and get decisions like this reversed. So. Uh, It's a real problem.
1: It, it really is, and it's it, it, so all of this small, and this happens rampantly throughout the ecosystem, where just small indie producers who just like making videos for their small community can't figure out how to get the attention of YouTube, uh, and so those people just do not have a voice because they are silenced by the Web 2 world. Uh, eventually, we got a reply uh, this from Team YouTube saying, "Confirming bankless channels back up. We're so sorry this happened. Looking into other channels and channels you mentioned in your tweet. Thank you so much for bearing with us. DMing you with more." Uh, they still haven't reinstated others. I will say that one of Bankless's best assets is, is that we have is that we talk about the value of censorship resistance and deplatforming. We talk about <laughs> the perils of web 2. So this is the wrong community to mess with because we talk about this all the time. Uh, and so like when YouTube and other web 2 platforms come to de-platform crypto relevant communities, like we know what we're doing, what we're dealing with. We know what we're talking about. So it's just like the wrong thing to mess with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, an invading Russia in the winter type of move here. Uh, I, I will say, like, we don't know fully why we were banned, and a reason was never given. This could have been bots going crazy. This could have been a complete mistake. But that's just the point, isn't it? Right? It's like you get banned, you have no idea why, no one tells you anything, and there's no recourse for you. Uh, So voice was our only recourse, and that's what we used. To their credit, YouTube did reinstate us quite quickly, and also, and I thought very highly of this, the CEO of YouTube, okay, she apologized publicly on Twitter. This This is Susan from the CEO of YouTube. We clearly made a mistake bankless, glad our teams were able to fix things quickly, and then she goes on, can you DM me your contact info and we can talk offline? Love the level of conversation happening around crypto on YouTube. Very interested in Web3 and the role we can play in the topic. So I think the bankless community just helped us perform a jujitsu move, which is <laughs> we turned crypto YouTube like channel gets banned into a conversation with the CEO of YouTube. So now we're about to go have a conversation with the CEO of YouTube. She's scheduled something for David and I. I have no idea what she wants to talk about, but I think it's about this, David, very interested in Web3 and the role YouTube can play in the topic, okay? Again, earlier, like you know earlier this week, Instagram adding NFTs, right. okay, Web right. 2 realizes that they are going to need web 3 in the future. And so I think we can turn this into something good. Uh, not saying we have full, um, you know like unmitigated trust in, in YouTube and we want to depend on them for everything in the future. But they can help propagate Web3 protocols and Web3 technology. And so we want to use them whenever, whenever we can to propagate that freedom. So uh, turn this into a good thing, and it was thanks to the bankless community. Thank you.
1: Thank you once again. Once again, well done. We needed you guys. All right, let's go in and get into some Layer 2 things. Because while many, many things are down, some things are up. Here's Kelvin Fitcher on Twitter saying, Optimism hitting a transaction day record today. Interesting stuff. Seems to be holding up. Uh, So I put some data together here in this uh, image here. Two things that are at all-time highs on Optimism is daily transaction fees, hitting records for three days in a row. I think dwarfing, doubling the the daily average transaction fees of of history and also fees earned per day. Also at just gargantuan all-time highs on the Optimism layer two. Uh, If you don't know about retroactive public goods funding and how the fees on optimism layer two can go into your pocket, you got to listen to that uh, layer two trillion dollar bull case for layer two opportunity episodes that we put on the Bankless YouTube and podcast recently. But optimism seeing just some, some great growth and you just love to see it. Also, a, a fantastic article, very short article, three-minute read uh, was released called The Economics of Rollup up Feeds from Alex Beckett. Uh, there's this line that roll-ups get cheaper with more users, and it goes into the full deep dive about how this is true. There are v- various costs for Layer 2s, fixed costs, variable costs, average variable costs, total costs, marginal costs, average costs, and when you put all of this data together, you get uh, a full comprehensive un- understanding as to how Layer 2 fees work, but basically... Layer two fees go down the more people use them. This is a great resource to understand some, some more technical content in an easy to understand uh, format. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to read all of that. But TLDR is rollups get cheaper when more people use them.
0: That's crazy because layer ones do the complete opposite. Exactly. They get more right. expensive exactly. as right. more people use them. So right. there are no economies of scale. Uh, and this is great news for, uh, for rollups. And just some
1: quick and final stats on the Layer 2 ecosystem right now. Optimism did $500,000 of fee revenue just yesterday. Arbitrum did 200000 And Layer 2's, Ryan, have cons- consumed 2.2% of all daily gas used on Ethereum yesterday, the second highest on record. So when I say, when you guys are, we're all sad that the prices are going down, but the bull market opportunity is on Layer 2's. <laughs> you got to grab the bull by the horns. You got to grab the bull by the horns.
0: Yeah, this is uh we'll see how layer 2 is fair during the crypto recession, but it's looking good so far. And um yeah, I'm expecting big growth here too in the Crypto in the recession. Future.
1: I like that more than crypto bull market.
0: Yeah, I think that's market. uh I think that's what we're in. I think it's just a crypto recession, crypto recession. right? Yeah. Kind of a blip. Uh NFT stuff though. This doesn't feel like it should happen during a crypto recession because this is big news. I think on any other week, this would be what we would talk about the most and lead with. Instagram is now providing support for sharing NFTs, Uh, and they started doing this on Monday. Mark Zuckerberg talked about it. I actually didn't get caught up with all of his comments, but the TLDR is, we want to work with web 3 Web three is very important. Uh, We're gonna be kind of the centralized pieces, but we recognize that decentralized protocols are also important. And so we're going to incorporate NFTs into our technology stack, into our platform, into what we're doing in virtual reality, but also more immediately into freaking Instagram, okay? (laughs) 2.9 billion people on the planet. Use Facebook, use Instagram, use Meta products. And now we're providing them another gateway to crypto? That is not recession stuff, it's kind of bullish. Uh, what platforms are they plugging in? Well, uh, one of them is going to be Ethereum, of course. Uh, in the future, Solana and Flow as well. But co-launching with Ethereum is actually Polygon. Hmm. Uh, and this is pretty big. So the writes, a lot of the, the reads will happen, like if you're reading NFT data from, from the chain, you just wanna display something in Instagram, that's gonna be ETH and Polygon, Solana and Flow. But the rights, according to uh, one of our sources, will happen only at first on Ethereum and Polygon. The rights, that means minting. They're gonna mint on Ethereum and Polygon, and this functionality will start to be exposed into Instagram. David, I feel like we have to unpack that entire story. Like, I feel like we need somebody from Meta to actually come on Bankless. Maybe, maybe this is enemy territory. I don't know how they view it, but maybe we're collaborators uh, as well. I mean, with they with, need us
1: more than we need them, right? Okay,
0: so they just come into our house. Let's come on Bankless, Mark Zuckerberg. Let's talk about <laughs> what you are doing uh, with NFTs and how you plan to incorporate that into Meta, but. I feel like this is super bullish.
1: Yeah, we are actually recording with the Polygon team tomorrow, Friday for an episode that will come out uh, while we were at Permissionless on Tuesday. So we're going to talk all about this. And of course, I'm sure William Peaster out of the Metaversal newsletter from Bankless will also be going into the deep dive as well. So if you're looking for more information on this, stay tuned because Bankless got you per usual, per usual. Leading into this one, Ethereum NFT collection Doodles names billboard executive as new CEO. So NFT PFP communities getting CEO, getting executive leadership. Uh, I mean, we saw it work with Yuga Labs and Board Apes. So why not? Why not other others? And Doodles definitely have the capital to get it done. Uh, So congratulations to Julian Holguin Holguin,
0: uh, for joining the NFT collective Doodles. That's cool. Uh, The Pope's getting into NFTs, David. Can you believe this, man? (laughs) I did see this, dude. You didn't see that coming. The Vatican is preparing a (laughs) gallery. That was not a joke. (laughs) I I saw the news. No, I did not see it coming. (laughs) The Vatican is preparing a gallery in the metaverse with NFTs. Uh, So NFTs are for everyone, man. Look, everyone's getting into it. I could read more, but you can click a link in the show notes to see what the Vatican and the Pope is doing with NFTs. In Uh, In an effort to democratize art the Vatican City <laughs> yes. in partnership
1: with augmented reality company sensorium <laughs> and humanity 2.0 will create a virtual exhibit exhibition based on NFTs. Uh, did not have that one on my bingo card also breaking out of pool suite this one's real, real quick and easy pool suite it's a NFT company uh, NFT team that got this uh, nFT memberships for joining pool parties uh, they are launching manor Dow because they want to buy a manor uh, so if you want to be a part of manor Dow, you can join manor at at Uh the aesthetics of pool suite i've always thought it was really cool also <laughs> ryan too. this news reporter this 80s themed news reporter uh her name's Allie. i went to college with her i haven't seen her yeah, i right. talked to this her in from years the 80s. <laughs> how old are you yeah. david when were you born <laughs> dude like she she's all about the 80s she she just looks like she's from the 80s uh anyways it's crazy to see this person i was hanging out with in college uh on a pool suite twitter account tweet uh what's up Allie?
0: It's it's been a while. That's amazing. Do you think she listens to Bankless David? (laughs) I don't think so. I think this is is her first thing in in crypto. Go look her up. Send this to her. Uh, Let's talk about regulation. I mean, we talked about a lot of it, but do you remember when Arthur Hayes and company BitMEX uh, was brought to task for illegal trading? Oh, I, yeah, certainly. I certainly remember. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it seems like so long ago to me. Right. I guess this is uh, what, what's happening now. There's a court order. I think this has been mostly resolved. Is mm-hmm. ordering Arthur Hayes and the BitMEX founders to pay $30 million for illegal training. Uh, uh, trading. Actually,
1: $10 million each for the three of them for a total sum of $30 million. Uh, Arthur Hayes, I'm pretty sure his personal net worth at maybe at the peak. You was, think he can afford it? it could have been a billion dollars dude uh so a 10 million dollar fine to Arthur hayes slap on the wrist is nothing is nothing that is a fart for him uh and so yeah i think he's gonna be fine uh and i'll also like i'm kind of curious as to what happens when arthur hayes gets out from under just all of this mess all this legal mess like what he's he's been writing about crypto he's been
0: into crypto what does arthur hayes do next yeah he's not retired that's for sure so we will have to see um TradFi stuff. Do you know Germany doesn't tax you on crypto if you sell it after one year? Did wow. you know that? I'm moving right now. Okay, that's that's a thing. Like, uh, F I'm Brooklyn, I'm going passports. to Germany. Germany isn't going to tax Bitcoin, not going to tax, tax Ethereum if it's sold after one year of possession. Even if they're used the, for staking.
1: Amazing this, amazing, this is
0: like the most crypto-friendly legislation I've seen. I mean, maybe, maybe someone lives in a jurisdiction in a country somewhere that has more favorable legislation than this. But of course... In the U.S., you've got short-term capital gains if it's less than a year, and then long-term if it's over a year. There's no condition where you're not paying taxes on crypto. Right. Yeah. Tax man's always coming. Yeah, incredible. Not in Germany. Germany, the tax man is banned after one year. I guess. I guess they are trying to attract uh, crypto natives to the the German economy. I'm not sure why I'm sure it's going to work. (laughs) What's this, David.
1: Uh, yeah, Coindesk, uh, there was, a, this is a Coindesk article saying uh, with a headline, we effed up big time. Millions of dollars worth of Juno tokens were supposed to be sent to a community wallet, but because a copy and paste error, validators <laughs> sent the funds to a wrong wallet
0: permanently. $36 million of Juno tokens just deleted Oopsies. This uh, this chain has been kind of a mess. I believe um, the, the quote from the article is, an unprecedented community vote last week was supposed to seize millions of dollars worth of Juno tokens from the wallet of a whale who was accused of gaming a community airdrop. So basically, it was a token holder vote, to uh, snatch the tokens out of this individual's accounts and then unfortunately the validators in the juno network were going to restore these tokens to the rightful owner just like fat fingered it copied and pasted it and sent it to the wrong address they screwed up again whoopsies uh, yeah, not a, not a good market look things. for it. <laughs> then, you know, market systems. Things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. Last week, the HOP protocol announced HOPDAO and of course the HOP token. And they say today HOP begins this journey to become co- a core Ethereum infrastructure operated and controlled by our community. The HOP drop, it's out. You might have got one if you've used the protocol. If you sent more than $1,000 over a HOP protocol, you got the airdrop. If you sent $100 over HOP protocol 10 times, you also got the airdrop. If you liquidity provided, you got the airdrop. Uh, you can check your airdrop, uh, probably the link in the show notes. Uh, but we also did a show with them. I did a show with Chris Winfrey uh, detailing all about the HOP uh, and how where it came from, how it came to be. Uh, not Very, very little capital investment into HOP protocols. So, like, very, very community-owned. Ethos is strong. Uh, they actually got swarmed by uh, a bunch of their... Uh, quote unquote community members because the people got mitigated out of the hop drop because uh, people farmed the hell out of hop trying to farm the airdrop um, but they did a very good job mitigating airdrop farmers to making sure that their token went to their community members who were actually engaged uh, and this made a lot of people very very angry because their farming strategies got nullified um, but and so like the, there's this angry cohort of people who are in the hop discord Yelling at the HOP team saying, this is unfair, you're only giving it to whales. But again, if you, if you sent $100 over HOP 10 times, you also got the airdrop. Uh, and so I wrote an article on Bankless last Monday detailing the changing airdrop meta because Optimism also had these changing airdrop strategies to mitigate farmers and to make sure that the token goes to their community. Uh, and so this is the new airdrop meta and if you want to understand that read the article uh, but basically if you want to get future airdrops you can't just try and farm them with minimum viable strategies you've got to pretend like you're a user so you might as well actually just become a user uh, and so that be a is real alpha. Be that's a real person be a real person you
0: don't have to create like 40 different metamask accounts to try to farm the thing just like mm-hmm. use it just use it as yeah. a normal person would use it mm-hmm. and you're uh, more likely to get tokens now that's a, that's a good thing i think that's definitely a good
1: thing uh, uh, Compound Finance. This is actually really cool. Uh, today, Compound Treasury received a B minus credit rating from SP Global Ratings. This makes Compound Treasury the first institutional DeFi offering to be rated by a re- uh, credit rating agency. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, somebody joked that this actually makes them a, a B minus is junk bond but like that's that's not, it's, it's not compound protocol. It's the assets and and
0: lending uh, credit worthiness of the lenders. It's all of the assets inside of it and the lenders that makes it a junk bond status. But at least we're on there. We're on on the charts. We we (laughs) got our work cut out for us, man. We just need better and better assets. We can't expect to start at the top of this rating scale. Okay. Moody's and (laughs) S and P and Fitch. We're going to work our way up. We call us junk now, but now we're on the charts. Up only. What's well, uh a lot of iOS apps I've noticed yeah. recently. This is uh, Zapper's new iOS mobile app that just came out it's here. Um, go check this out. Go download it. Zapper is a fantastic tool for looking at your NFT and crypto portfolio. Uh, another... Don't look at that part, though. Wait,
1: wait until the bull market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, skip the
0: portfolio. Look at your NFTs. Look go to the NFT NFTs. section, okay? <laughs> just look at the pretty pictures and look at prices uh, until we're out of this crypto recession. Uh, DYDX, they just also announced the release of their iOS app. They were uh, teasing some big news, and I guess this is it. It's really cool that these crypto DeFi exchanges are starting to get into the mobile space, making their user interfaces that much more friendly and getting us ready for the other side of the crypto recession. David, when we come out of this and onboard another 100 million or 200 million users. Uh, also coming out of uh, the news here, Zora with a $50 million
1: raise. So congratulations to Zora. Coming out of Katie Han, Coinbase, Kindred Ventures, Zora is an NFT marketplace, but it's also an NFT marketplace protocol. Uh, so kind of like how Matcha is a DEX aggregator built on top of 0x, Zora is an NFT marketplace built on top of the Zora uh, like aggregator, right? So it's a protocol and an app. Uh, and so they've raised $50 million. Uh, they have been very explicit that a token is coming uh and so if you haven't made a purchase of an nft on zora i might you might do that for the token just do Uh, it like a normal human would okay yeah (laughs) don't be don't be ridiculous just buy something you like (laughs) you buy Um, something you might get a token but they have been very explicit that the token is definitely coming uh and so cool
0: cool congratulations to zora one other raise that was notable this week uh, is Decrypt. Decrypt is a crypto news, crypto media publication. They just spun out of consensus. They were incubated by consensus, and they raised $10 million at a $50 million valuation. Congrats to Decrypt uh, for that. Sometimes we include Decrypt in our uh, in our stories. We're going through the roll-up, you know, sometimes. Um, good job, Decrypt. Jobs, David. Now is our weekly reminder for you. This is for you. We don't do this for us. This is for you, a reminder to get a job in crypto. Because even if it's a bear market, crypto still hiring. David, mm. you got a job in crypto during the bear market, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I got. Well, I got it going
1: into the bear market, right? <laughs> I got my job in uh, February of 2018, literally like six weeks after the top. Uh, and then that company blew up. Uh, later that in that August. I got another crypto job. That job blew up. And then I got a third crypto job. That company's still around. Uh, and then I and then, and then then we started Bankless. But the difference between 2017 and 2018, <laughs> not, you to stare, not to care, scare you guys, <laughs> but the difference is all of these companies have raised uh, insane valuations over the last year. They are flushed with cash, ready to spend it. Uh, so I do not think, and plus, okay, the first company was an ICO advisory company. Yeah, David to worked at some shady companies before <laughs>
0: bankless <laughs> okay not real a- okay they were legit after
1: after that one was an sto security token advisory which was like after once icos were done it rotated into stos it's and then just, both of those blew up yeah it seemed like a good idea at the time all of yeah. these things right that, that's just something that we're leaving into the history like, that's not, that didn't come forward here. <laughs> well your, you know what is the
0: future in the present is these companies are hiring i'm going to go through a few jobs on the bankless job boards where do you find this at bankless.palot.com/slash job make sure you sign up also join our collective, submit your resume and these crypto companies will come to you. That is the magic of it. I'm gonna name a few though. Marketing manager at Wanderverse Incorporated. This looks awesome. VP of engineering, ZKX, ahead head of growth at ZKX, non-technical. Lead community manager. Crypto Skulls DAO, a senior product designer at Parcel Incorporated, Ethereum technical. core developer. That is the most technical Very role technical. you will ever find. Extreme. <laughs> extremely technical. <laughs> a Golang engineer at Starknet client. Very I, technical. I could go on. There's a whole bunch of Coinbase uh, job openings. They are Ooh. still hiring UX designers, all sorts of great stuff on the Bankless job board, as usual. Guys, we got so much more to cover. Coming up, we get to questions from you guys I from love, the bankless nation one of our new Same. favorite sections so a question from a listener who can't stop buying eth maybe needs some help maybe he needs some advice i don't know if we can help him with that david uh <laughs> also doesn't sound
1: like a problem ryan <laughs>
0: <laughs> who gets gas fees post the merge who gets them do you get them do i get them we'll cover that and more hmm. when we come back after these fantastic sponsors that make this episode possible
1: side on the token distribution you can have your part of Across's story by joining the discord and becoming a co-founder and helping to design the fair fair launch of across if you want to bridge your assets quickly and securely go to across.to to bridge your assets between ethereum optimism arbitrum or boba networks MakerDAO is the OG DeFi protocol. The MakerDAO produces DAI, the industry's most battle-tested and resilient stablecoin. Using Maker, you don't need to sell your collateral if you need liquidity. Instead, you can spin up a Maker Vault and use your collateral to mint DAI directly. With Maker, the power to mint new money is in your hands. The Maker protocol is extremely hardened and operated by one of the most experienced DAOs in existence. They've been here since the beginning, they've seen it all, and so you can mint DAI with the assurance that your collateral is safe. Soon, Maker will be present on all chains and L2s, so minting DAI can take place on Oasis.app, Zerion, Zapper, or any other DeFi protocol that you use. Follow Maker on Twitter, at MakerDAO, and learn from the oldest and most resilient DAO in existence. And we're back. Questions from the nation. Again, a new segment out of the Friday Weekly Roll-Up. This is the second time we have done this, but we're doing this every week going forward. Every Wednesday, there is a tweet coming out of Bankless saying, questions from the nation. If you have a question, drop them in here. We'll choose the ones that have a bunch of favorites to answer. Um, this one only has one like, but I personally liked that. I'm pretty sure that's my that like, one actually. Is <laughs> <laughs> that one like is me. Uh, and so, emptybags.eth says, I can't stop buying ETH. My wife wants a new kitchen. My kid needs braces." It's hurting the ones I love. I bought a sandwich the other day and cried halfway through when I calculated its opportunity cost and the future value of ETH. My question is, should I also be buying Matic? Um, and Ryan, you're an advisor to Matic, so you can't answer this question. That's not allowed. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this question. Uh, I have personally trimmed almost every single token uh, and sold it into ETH in the last like three months or so, except for Matic. Uh, and so that is the, one, of the very few tokens that I still hold, um, because I mean, layer two season is ahead. And also have you seen how much execution Matic has, the Polygon ecosystem has done? They are, they just onboarded NFTs with Instagram. Uh, and so like I'm, I'm into the layer two thesis. I'm into the layer two rotation. Uh, and Matic has been around for a very long time. They are building very, very aggressively. Uh, I of course will never advise you to buy anything other than ether, um, But Matic uh, doesn't seem like a bad buy. Yeah,
0: I, I, would, I would bucket this in the theme of, of layer twos as well. We are very Certainly. bullish on layer two ecosystems in general. Matic is partially a layer two. It's partially not, but it has a foot in both worlds. It has a lot of layer two type acquisitions. Well, that's uh, just the,
1: po- the Matic polygon or the polygon proof of stake chain. There's also like the infinity other ZK exactly. rollups and that's other chains that are about. also
0: related to Matic. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, let's go to the next question. Uh, so the next question from Jasper the Frog, the uh, Jasper the Friendly Ghost. You, are you sure these are your alt accounts david yeah, i don't <laughs> know if these names are real here i mean that last question kind of seemed like uh a little little fishy there do i look like i've got a kid with braces ryan <laughs> <laughs> you'd look like you'd write that in a question to us real world assets are supposed to scale die into a real usdc competitor are you worried about the introduction of assets that have pricing based on centralized agencies? If DAI becomes, say, 20% USDC, 40% US property, 40% crypto, we've actually increased US reliance. The, the meat of this question is, what about all of the nation state dependencies that are backing the value of DAI? What do you say to that, David?
1: Yeah, so the, so many people just misunderstand Dai and how it's built and and what its ethos is. So I'll I'll, I'll take that USDC isn't the most ideal collateral inside of Maker, uh, but also the Maker team would also agree with that. However, forty percent US property, people think that that is like a centralized centralization regulatory risk, but it's actually not because every single instance of uh, real world assets inside of Maker MakerDAO is its own specific agreement, its own specific legal structure, and Legal structure isn't on chain. There are individual trusts that are that are just beholden to the maker protocol itself. So there is not one single like sweeping legislation that could stop all of these assets being good collateral inside of MakerDAO. And so if there is like 50 different uh, real world assets, 100 different real world assets, or if like the MakerDAO vision comes, like thousands and thousands of instances of real world assets inside of MakerDAO, every single one of those is its own independent thing. There is no centralization amongst all of those things. And so the real World assets itself are decentralized because there's so many of them. It's decentralization by numbers, and it also gets just just a regulatory immunity because it's playing nice with the United States. It's putting, it's making the capital and value of the United States to work. So it's actually playing inside of an ecosystem that is friendly in a very safe and secure way, uh, and so it's both being, uh, it's both like playing nice with regulators but also being untouchable by regulators at the same time it's so genius it's so genius when people think it's oh this is centralization like it's actually not it's
0: roundabout decentralization and it's beautiful i think i think that so the the one thing that Dai does depend on is uh it's basically the game theory that not not all nation states will in all jurisdictions will ban like defy and, and die and maker at the same time. It's kind of playing that game theory arbitrage. There's always going to be some friendly jurisdiction out there. If there was a super, if there was a world where the government went ultra evil, all governments, they clued it together, all jurisdictions said, we're going to wipe this thing off the map. First of all, it's very unlikely because as you said, they have a lot to lose. If they do that, then maybe you could say hey da- we need something different we need something more than die but in which case we have ether we have bitcoin we have other um stable ish assets like rye which are super interesting which is basically the die play only it's completely ETH collateral right. and it's all right. settled on chain. So I feel like crypto right. has a lot of options for this. But let's get to the next yeah. question, David, because we got uh, to burn before, through these. Before,
1: before that, uh, just one last thing. Um, the strength of the real world assets inside of MakerDAO is related to the strength of property rights of that particular country. So you will right. never see like Chinese real assets inside of maker dow just because you know china will come and take your stuff but like the the assurances that property rights are good in particular countries will lead into real world assets inside of maker
0: dow yes um let's go to this question why is everyone saying that ETH staking yield will rise after the merge from the current four and a half percent or so that's what you get if you stake ETH to more than 10 percent. i couldn't find any explanation to that david what is the simple explanation As to why we're gonna get close to 10 percent post merge on eth staking yield right so if you are staking people right now with proof of work people
1: pay and and they uh bribe miners to get their transaction ahead of the line right if you need your transaction in Immediately, you got to pay miners extra, above and beyond the base fee, above and beyond the typical gas fee, to get your uh, transaction in the line. This accounts for roughly about 10% of the total transaction fee, and this is where these uh, the staking yields will increase from the current 4.5% to the now hypothesized 7%. The hypothesized number used to be way higher, like 12 to 15%, but that was during DeFi summer when gas fees were like 400 to 1,000. Now that gas fees have settled down to 10%, the equilibrium has been about 90% base fee, 10% percent staking tips but in the post merge validators get the tips rather than the miners and so the staking yield for e-staking will go up to include
0: the value of the tips yeah you're gonna get those sweet sweet transaction fees is the tldr and the, the, the percentage is also affected by the amount of people who stake so if there's more people yes. staking if there's more capitals being staked then percentage actually goes down so ideally like in our conversation with hal press earlier this week he's like in my perfect world, I'd be the only staker of ETH, right? Because that would maximize <laughs> Hal Press's returns, of That's course. That's also my perfect world as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for Hal Press or for <laughs> No, you? for me.
0: For my, I want to be the only staker of ETH. All right, let's get to the takes, guys. This is the first one from Kevin Owaki. It's all about DAOs. Yeah, Kevin Owaki says, the community has hurt itself by restrictively defining the a
1: DAO to mean a community group embracing the tyranny of the structurelessness. Uh, this is basically, the tyranny of the structurelessness basically means like when there is no structure, there, the people who, uh, people can create tyranny in that structure because there's no rules. Uh, and so Kevin follows up and says, there's been a rather successful movement to discredit the efforts of any DAO with even a loosely centralized structure as not being a really, a real DAO. Uh, Kevin follows, and says, in my opinion, this is totally wrong. The D in DAO can just mean decentralized governance via a permissionless token. It doesn't have to mean a chaotic, loose web of individuals. The A in DAO can just mean some level of smart contract automation to help with high-level decision making. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't have to mean that all in- initiatives must be atomic, well-formed, compound-style de- direct democracy proposals. The O in DAO can just mean what it means in Tradfy, a group of people and and resources with a mission and structure that to achieve that mission. I've uh, been been hammering this home for a, a while. DAOs are the worst name. They they decentralized autonomous organizations. We should actually just call those DeFi apps, things like Uniswap, things like Compound. Those are DAOs. Uh, The DAOs that people think of like Bankless DAO or Gitcoin DAO are actually DOs, decentralized organizations or digital organizations. They're just basically, we need all the same hierarchies. We need all the same structure. We need all the same delegation of responsibilities but also in the digital realm. And so instead of filing like an LLC with Delaware, you make a a transaction on Ethereum to incorporate a token for your digital organization, not a DAO. Uh, And so if you are a DAO, it's like, oh, we don't want leadership because we want to be decentralized. You're wrong. You do want leadership because leaders get stuff done. Uh, so, when, instead of thinking DAOs, think dos digital organizations.
0: I think in the ideal, do, uh the, the the truth is everyone can be a leader too, or anyone can be a leader, which means it's very metacrat. Uh, Metacratic. You can just you know chip in, do something, rise to the top if you're providing value to that organization. So it's not as not doesn't need to be as hierarchy uh, hierarchy. <laughs> it doesn't need it to be a hierarchy as uh, corporations are as well. There's much more. Uh, much more ability to just get things done. This is a tweet from some guy. Ryan Sean Adams tweets out, sometimes the best investments in crypto are the ones you don't make. What does that mean? What I mean is like, you know, it's kind of like Warren Buffett, where he'll um, he'll just sit there for years. Sometimes years goes by and doesn't deploy any capital, doesn't do anything. He's just patient, right? And um, I think sometimes in crypto, we feel like we always have to be deploying capital, doing something, buying, trading, and that's when we get ourselves in the most trouble, right? Sometimes the best thing you can do is absolutely nothing. Sometimes the best investment you make is the one you actually don't make, right? You just mm. don't give into the FOMO, don't give into the, the FUD, and you just maybe don't ape into that thing. I think a lot of people learn that with Tara this week is just, I, you know, I was getting a nice 20% yield on my my UST, but I didn't realize the risks associated with that yield did not compensate for the yield that I was getting. So the risk-adjusted reward was not 20%. It was something very far in the negative direction, right? And so sometimes we'll do our best work and our best investing when we're not overly eager, when we spend time to actually understand what we're investing in, we feel very certain that what we're buying has strong fundamentals. Uh, I think we've gotten in some bad habits over the past like 18 months or so in the past bull market of like aping in. Remember that, you know that term that right. just really rose to prominence and phase? Let's just ape in. It's kind of fun. Yeah, you want to ape into some things, but like, let's not go overboard with it. Uh, and uh, I think people are realizing that truth this week as yeah. we're coming out of the Luna Crisis. All right, wow. Uh, the week is over, but uh, what are you excited about? Oh, hang
1: on. We still got Friday left. Uh, <laughs> <true>. no, whatever <laughs> happened on Friday. Sorry, we didn't cover it. I'm sure something's going to happen. But Ryan, I'm excited for the cheap ether, man. Like uh, at, when we were uh, w- uh, doing the uh, show with Hal Press, I like opened up my Gemini, Gemini account and like two X the size of my daily buys. <laughs> uh, and like as the price has gone down, like I'm seeing those daily buys like get me more ether. And so that gets me excited. He did uh, that but- like mid podcast. What are oh, we yeah. talking to? oh
0: yeah you are 100%. crazy
1: dude <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hey like well you, sometimes you say
0: wait on your investments and i'm like yeah. well not for ether yeah he <laughs> <laughs> just destroyed my last take and you were like look but this is this is the yin and yang look i'm all gas uh, you're all mm-hmm. gas i'm i'm breaks and that's mm-hmm. why you listen to bankless because you get you know, the taste you get of both both. both. it's also daily average buy, so i'm
1: not baking my entire bank account that's like true. david's not yeah. crazy yeah. Only, uh, uh, yeah. A little, a little crazy. Um, anyway, so the bear market is like I spent 2018 through 2020 like learning everything I knew about crypto. Uh, And so the the bear market kind of feels like home, man. Like the the moon boys are gone. The noise is gone. We return to fundamentals. We can start to think not in one year long timeframes, but decade long timeframes. And that's just really refreshing, really healthy. And like, you know, some, this is the part of the cycle where some people uh, will stick around and learn the value of decentralization, censorship resistance, permissionlessness, all the things that make crypto tick. And the people that don't will leave and they'll FOMO back into the next bear market, like 50 Fifty percent too late uh and so the spoils go to people who stick around and learn these lessons uh last week ryan i said i was excited for permission listen to to meet you i'm still excited about that but i said (laughs) that last week uh and so this week
0: ryan i'm excited for the bear market yeah look i'm looking forward to that too but you know i'm also excited about the bear market i'm just gonna i'm gonna plus one that because i guess maybe we'll call it the crypto recession instead does that make people Mm -hmm. feel better right i'm just (laughs) you feel better now and it's like it's like uh bear market building recession building is the best kind you said lower prices we also get back to fundamentals i feel like for for a long time people weren't um weren't paying attention to the things that that really mattered in crypto and so we get a lot less noise uh, a lot more ability to kind of like focus on what matters a lot more writing gets done uh, as we've hmm. said before, the the tourists leave and the settlers stay. So it's kind of a it's kind of a great time to be in crypto. And the cool thing is I've never been more certain in any other crypto recession bear market thing that uh, crypto was gonna make it out on the other side and be even stronger for it. It's like in 2017, 2018, in that bear market, 2018, 2019, like I wasn't so sure. I mean, right. like when did, when two, I did start to
1: question my sanity in in twenty twenty. Right, yeah.
0: it's the only thing that we've produced here. Bitcoin is DeFi really going to take off? Right. Will anyone care? Like, keep right. in mind, none of these things existed. Uh, right. NFTs weren't a thing. Smart contracts only had one use case, and that was the ICO. And it was right. just absolutely obliterated. Some people right. said tokens will never come back as a result of this. Right. Uh, and so we've come so far. And now there's not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that crypto is going to be here Mm. for the long run. So that's why you and I are just smiling throughout this episode. Because even though we're in a crypto recession, even though we got Mm. people have bear market blues and a lot's gone on, a lot of people have lost money, crypto as an asset class isn't going anywhere. And that's why this is still the opportunity of a generation. Now, more than the last time you listened to a bankless episode, right? It's it's like there's even more opportunity now because prices are lower certainly certainly yeah we invented DeFi last bear market
1: what will we invent this bear market i don't know but it will be great Ah, it'll be very big all right meme of the week what what are we looking at david oh god uh i'm just gonna let this play uh this is the the tweet is what you look like when you show your nfts to other people uh and this is like for the listeners out there this is like the TikTok video where people are lining up they're doing a move and they walk off camera I don't know what game this is, but they all have some like like thing around their yeah, waist look, like a fanny pack that's like like I don't Laser tag, it,
0: Power Ranger, it's something I don't, I don't know, actually understand. I don't know. But these are like grown <laughs> men, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is this really what we like Have you ever shown someone one of your NFTs in public? Oh, 100%, totally.
1: Really? <laughs> dude, I have a fucking NFT on my
0: wall, man. <laughs> so do I. Have you you haven't even noticed it. You haven't even said anything. Oh, yeah, your turtle's back, huh? Yeah. It's a recession market turtle, okay, David? It's just slowing things down for the recession. (laughs) All right? No need to be speedy. You you were reading the entire podcast for that one, huh? Oh, I had that prepped, you knew it. Also guys, stick around because we've got a really hot moment of zen from Ben from the Optimism team. Who knew Ben was so talented? Of course, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you like, subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, of course, like the video. If you're on the podcast, send it to a friend, tell someone to subscribe to Bankless. None of this has been financial advice, though. ETH is risky. Crypto is risky. As we just experienced this week, you could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. April forth ESD, D5 dollar, UST, basis, Cash, Iron Fi, Neutrino Protocol. Tower financing, you rich, steam, dollar, bid shares, USD, S F R A X unsustainable. Don't start an algo stable. It'll
1: start off working till the market worsens. Don't start an algo stable. No matter how you frame it, you just can't sustain it well.